Open your Bibles, please, to Philippians, the first chapter. Philippians chapter 1. Today's message is entitled Advancing the Gospel, the fourth in our series on the epistle of Paul to the church in Philippi. When we talk about football, the team that has the ball is seeking to advance the ball to the opposite end zone, to the other team's end zone. That is their objective. Advance the football. Score every time you get the ball, if possible. Advance the football. In regard to our our schools, all of us do everything that we know how to do to assist our schools, to advance our schools, that they might be better and better and better at educating our children and so that our, our kids will do well on the, on the star test and all of those other measurements that are out there. We pray, we serve, we give in order that our schools might advance in, in education. Have you been watching the Olympics? The United States has five gold medals. I hope we get some more before we're done. But we have five gold medals, and four of them have been in snowboarding. I think we are advancing in snowboarding, maybe not in some other events, but we are advancing in snowboarding, and it would appear uh, that there are probably some boys and girls, teenagers who have been watching, and some of them may be saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep doing that. My goal is to be part of the U.S. Olympic team in 2022 in Beijing, China. And so now comes the training, the risk-taking, the time, and the commitment to advance themselves to reach their goal. When a believer is committed to reading the Scripture and studying the Scripture, to guarding his or her walk with Jesus, we are advancing our commitment, our personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, the apostle, the author of the epistle to the church in Philippi, wants to advance the gospel. But how is he going to do that? Because as he writes this epistle, Paul is in prison. Maybe, as some were saying, God is not blessing Paul anymore. For after all, If Paul were right with God, he wouldn't be in prison. Can't you just hear some of them saying it even in your ears today? Look at what Paul endured. Listen as I read from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 as Paul shared his testimony. I have worked much harder than others. I've been in prison more frequently. I have been flogged more severely. I have been exposed to death again and again. 
five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked besides everything else. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. That is exhausting just reading about it. Imagine what Paul endured all for the advancement of the gospel. So today we talk about advancing the gospel. Stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Philippians 1, beginning with verse 12. And Paul wrote this. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard or the whole palace and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And you may be seated. Advancing the gospel. For Paul, in this context, the gospel meant preaching Christ. In this passage, he uses the term gospel several times. He talks about preaching the gospel. He talks about preaching Christ. He talks about proclaiming the gospel and preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is consumed with advancing the gospel. So with that in mind, I want to leave with you these thoughts this morning about advancing the gospel. First of all, advancing the gospel in ways unexpected. Advancing the gospel in ways unexpected. For several years, Paul has had an intense desire to go to Rome. Rome is the most important city in all of the world At this time, over one million people lived in Rome in Paul's day. That was an enormous city for the first century. It was a a, a city with magnificent buildings. The emperor's palace, the forum, Circus Maximus. Rome was the home and the capital of the world's most powerful superpower. And Paul knew if Rome 
hears the gospel, there will be a ripple effect on three continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa. So Paul's desire has come true, but not the way in which he expected it. Instead of being free to preach to large crowds, maybe at the forum, maybe even at the Colosseum, or at some major intersection in the city of Rome, he is in chains. So advance the gospel, he will, but in ways unexpected. What about us? We can make plans as we sense God's leadership. But understand, he is sovereign and he may close and open doors in ways that are unexpected. We, in seeking to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, have committed ourselves to be a church planting congregation and a congregation involved in worldwide missions. And even as we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we acknowledge and recognize that God is sovereign. We plan God carries out in accordance with his will. Tonight at 5 o'clock, I'll interject this in the discussion, we are having a business meeting. And in that before the 530 Disciple Life, hope you will come. As part of that business meeting, the spiritual vision team will give their second annual update in regard to the spiritual vision plan under which we operate and you will want to hear that what will not be addressed in any detail will be the master facilities plan and no we have not dropped off the face of planet earth the elders and the master plan implementation team and the property management committee are working diligently god has been leading and we sense his leadership opportunities have opened that we did not expect and so we are having to do more work more praying more seeking the leadership of the holy spirit before we bring a report to you that we trust you will find exciting and that you will want to follow so please be patient with us give us a bit more time And we pray that in God's perfect timing, a plan will be presented that will bring glory and honor to his name. And so we have come to understand that God works in ways that are unexpected. Paul's heart's desire was to go to Rome, the capital of the world. What an impact can be made by the preaching of the gospel in Rome. As people go through Rome to Africa, to other parts of Europe, to Asia, imagine the opportunity of sharing Christ in Rome. Paul's there, but it's not the way he expected to be there or hoped to be there. And so we understand, and Paul understood, that God works in ways unexpected. 
The second thing that we noticed in this text is that God works in tough situations. God works in tough situations. Paul is in prison. You probably know this, but let me remind you. As a prisoner of Rome, he is chained 24 hours a day to a Roman soldier. And the length of the chain was 18 inches. At no time was Paul ever more than 18 inches away from the Roman soldier to whom he was chained. And those to whom he were, was chained were part of the Praetorium Guard, the elite of Rome's elite. 9,000 hand-picked soldiers made up the Praetorium Guard. And it is probably no doubt that those elite soldiers did not really want to be chained to this Jew named Paul. But it was part of their duty and part of their responsibility. Any of you former military or current military ever have to peel potatoes or clean a latrine? No doubt you didn't want to do that. That isn't why you enlisted But it was part of your duty and part of your responsibility. No one in the Praetorium Guard wanted to be chained to Paul. But God had a bigger plan. So instead of preaching to hundreds or thousands, Paul shares one on one. But the effect is exponential. Those Praetorian guards also were able to listen in on Paul's conversations with his guests, like Timothy or other visitors. What did all that accomplish? The scripture tells us what it accomplished. It brought the gospel to the very heart of the Roman Empire. We know That some believed. Some may have told Paul to quit talking. I don't want to hear about it. But others heard and others believed. And how do we know that? Just turn a page in your Bible to the last chapter of Philippians. Chapter 4 verse 21. Where Paul says, Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. Who was Caesar? Do you know? Nero. In the very household of Caesar, there were Believers and followers of Christ. God works to advance the gospel in unexpected ways. God works to advance the gospel in tough situations. And we have a responsibility to share, to advance 
the gospel through personal witness, through prayer, through giving, through going, through inviting. And some will not believe and some may even tell us to be quiet. But some will believe because it is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is not a work of me or of you. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. So all we have to do is be faithful. God will do the rest. It's His responsibility. The Holy Spirit's responsibility. So we are faithful and He will take it from there in advancing the gospel. Advancing the gospel in unexpected ways, in va- advancing the gospel in tough situations. Thirdly, advancing the gospel in example for believers. The advance is not just among unbelievers who become believers, but the advance is among believers. Did you notice in verse 14 what Paul said? Paul's chains have emboldened the body of Christ. It has emboldened those in Rome who are Christ followers and has made them more courageous in their witness. And so Paul wants us to know, as we already know, persecution always grows the church. And Paul says, advancing the gospel in example for believers is exactly what's happening here in Rome. The church has been emboldened when perhaps if Paul were free to walk the streets of Rome, they would not have been emboldened in advancing the gospel. Advancing the gospel in ways unexpected, advancing the gospel in tough situations, advancing the gospel in example for believers, and fourth, advancing advancing the gospel in spite of envy. Have you ever been green with envy? If we are honest, and I certainly am not asking you to stand up and tell us about it, But if we were all honest today, there probably has been at some point in our lives when we have been filled with the green monster of envy. In this context, it's hard to fathom. Or is it? Can we rejoice when a peer advances beyond us? And we think we're better than he or she, and yet he or she has advanced and we have not. Can we rejoice? Or are we filled with a sense of rivalry? This is such an interesting passage. Paul is not talking about preachers who are heretics. Uh, He will bring those folks up in numerous places in his epistles and he deals with them very harshly but here he's not talking about heretics he's talking about men who preach the gospel but have bad motives 
And Paul says, okay, I'm glad the gospel is advancing. It's kind of hard to accept just reading it. You know, come on, Paul, get mad, get your dander up. You know, what's, what's the deal? Some seem to be preaching in an attempt to rub salt in Paul's wounds. Or perhaps they were the ones who were saying, well, you know, God seems to be finished with Paul because after all, he's in prison. And if God, Paul were really pleasing God, he certainly wouldn't be in prison. Green with envy? If they can tear Paul down, maybe they can move up in stature, is their thinking, or maybe one of them can be the next Paul, except without the chains. That's not a very good idea. So Paul says, ignore them. If people are truly being saved, then let God deal with bad motives. Stay out of the petty stuff and stay into advancing the gospel. So wherever that may apply to me and to you, then let's let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do. Advancing the gospel in ways unexpected, advancing the gospel in tough situations, advancing the gospel in example for believers, and advancing the gospel in spite of envy. And then before our conclusion, number five, advancing the gospel in God's sovereign plan. Paul says, what does it matter? Christ is preached And I rejoice. God is sovereign. And if he uses men who have bad motives, but who proclaim Christ crucified, risen, coming again, that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, then praise the Lord. I can relax. Why could Paul relax? Because of the sovereignty of God. God's sovereignty is the greatest cause for relaxing in Christ that I know. I am obedient. He does the rest. It doesn't get any better than that. You and I are called to obedience and then let God take it from there. And we sure can relax in the Holy Spirit in advancing the gospel. So advancing the gospel in ways unexpected, advancing the gospel in tough situations, advancing the gospel in example for believers, advancing the gospel in spite of envy, advancing the gospel in God's sovereign plan. And what is the takeaway for us today in this subject of advancing the gospel? I leave you with this. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Not on your circumstances, not on your enemies or your enviers. Remember what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Takeaway number two. Stay the course no matter what. Stay the course no matter what. Do you, if you were here last week, do you remember the text and, and the necessity, our understanding of the necessity for us to pray for our families, for our children, for our, for our grandchildren, for the church, for one another, that we might have discernment? Did you pray that perhaps for your family this week? This is my prayer, Paul said, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Stay the course. Lots of things vie for our attention, our time, and our resources. And sometimes so many of those things are good and we, in our hearts, want to do them all. But we do that which advances the gospel. First, foremost, And only that which advances the gospel. Takeaway number three. Find courage in Christ. I used to be afraid of the dark until about three years ago. And Sharon told me it was time to grow up. (laughs) Seriously, I was as a kid afraid of the dark. and, And... I've told you a couple of times before, no need to reiterate the whole thing, but the, the, the peace and comfort at night when I would cry out and, and in our little house, my dad and mom slept just a few feet down the hall from me. And when I would cry out and I would hear the, the pitter patter or, or what my dad wasn't a pitter patter. It was a plop plop, but hear my dad's feet coming down the hall. My dad was not a um, fuzzy, warm and fuzzy, hugger, kisser kind of fella. That just wasn't him. But but he would come in and say, Andy, and then he would touch me. It's okay. I'm here. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. My dad is here. In my opinion, he's the strongest man in the world. I don't have to be afraid. And I would go to sleep with his hands still on my shoulder. Find courage in Christ. Life can be hard. Opposition can be strong, even violent. Courage comes from the one 
that Paul speaks of in the fourth chapter and the 13th verse. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Fourth takeaway, avoid envy. It is never healthy. It will eat you alive. It will hurt your witness. And if God chooses to use you, it will be because he's sovereign, not because you're right. Avoid envy. Next takeaway, love God's glory above yourself. In prison? Okay, Paul said, if God is glorified. No big crowds? Okay, if God is glorified. Envious peers? Okay, if God is glorified. If God is glorified in your life, then man's opinion is irrelevant. As for yourself, remember the big picture and remember the dot. Some of you have heard me enough, particularly in tune-up, to know what the dot means. The dot is the span of my life. With eternity past in that direction, way, way farther goes on and on. Eternity future in this direction, on and on and on. Forever it goes. And here I am. I'm the dot. Just a little bitty dot right here. My lifespan, pretty important to me. But remember, the dot. Eternity is in His presence. So for now, in the dot that is today, love God's glory above yourself. Lastly, the last takeaway, rejoice in the Lord. I marvel at believers who rejoice in the Lord even when circumstances are hard. And I'm looking at a whole bunch of them because I've seen you do it again and again and again. And I marvel. That is obedience. And it will be honored by God in whatever way he chooses. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So, our takeaway, keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay the course no matter what. Find courage in Christ. Avoid envy. Love God's glory above yourself and rejoice in the Lord. Let's bow together for prayer. Father, we marvel at your goodness. We marvel at how you choose to work, to advance the gospel, to bring men and women and boys and girls to yourself in ways that are unexpected and even in the face often of great difficulty. Father, we understand your sovereignty and your greatness, and we understand that your call to us is to be faithful. 
And so, Father, I pray that we will be found faithful, each one of us individually and collectively as First Baptist Belton. And we know that if we are faithful, you will take it from there and do what you do best through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the glory and the honor will be yours. Thank you. Draw someone to yourself today. I pray in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. God speaks to your heart to give your heart and life to Jesus. Will you come, place your hand in mine, say very simply, Pastor, I need Jesus. A staff member will be here to pray with you. You come as we stand and sing.